I want to start with a question this morning. I want to know what kind of person you are. Are you a wait and see kind of person? Or are you a get it done kind of person? Are you the kind of person who wants to hang back, get the lay of the land, see how things are going to flow, and then make a move? Or are you more the kind of person who wants to like jump into action right now? You can tell what kind of person you are by the way you interact with the wait staff at a restaurant. If you are the type of person that goes to a restaurant and as soon as you finish your iced tea, you just sit there and wait for the waiter or waitress to come by because you know they're going to come back and refill it, you're more of a wait and see kind of person. But if you're the kind of person who finishes their iced tea and then immediately you're looking around for a waiter, and in fact, you're going to flag down a different waiter. It doesn't matter who comes. You want your iced tea refilled. Then you're more of a get it done kind of person, right? Now, wait and see kind of people and get it done kind of people both have pretty solid arguments for their position. So a wait and see kind of person is going to say, hey, listen, patience is a virtue. They're going to say, good things come to those who wait. They're going to say, you don't open a flower before it's time to bloom. In fact, they even have some theological support for their position. They're going to say, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. They're going to say, be still. In fact, let me write this down. They're going to say, be still and know that I am God. So, be still, people. Wait and see people have some pretty strong arguments in their favor. Get it done kind of people are going to argue the other way. They're going to say opportunity waits for no man. They're going to say the early bird gets the worm. And then they've got some theological support for their position too. They're going to say things like sometimes you've got to step out of the boat. Sometimes you've got to make a move. David didn't stand on the sidelines. He made a move. He moved on from his fear. He moved on from his anxiety. He moved on from his worry, right? So they're going to be what I call move on kind of people. Move on. And they've got some good theological support for their position as well. So the question is this. Are you a be still kind of person? Or are you a move on kind of person? Now, the bigger question is this. What if you're in a circumstance where being still is not going to result in the kind of outcome that you desire? But moving on is not going to result in the kind of outcome that you desire either. What do you do in those kinds of situations where neither being still nor moving on is going to accomplish what you are trying to accomplish? As many of you know, I was in Arizona last week visiting my mother. My mother, two years ago, a little over two years ago, had been diagnosed with cancer. And she underwent a surgery, and then she underwent a series of chemotherapy treatments. Uh, and to the surprise of her medical staff, she recovered from the cancer. The cancer receded. Her body uh, regained its strength. And for two years, she's been living perfectly healthy, uh, strong and, and vibrant and just being who she is. Well, last Monday, uh, we learned that the cancer had returned. In that moment, she's faced with 
an impossible situation. Because to be still, to do nothing, means from a medical standpoint that the cancer will likely take over. But to move on, to fight, to undergo the treatment means that the cancer may still and likely will come back from a medical standpoint. And you're going to be faced with all of the side effects of the chemotherapeutic drugs and, and the toxicity of that experience. So the question then becomes, what do I do in a situation where every possible outcome looks grim? Every possible outcome looks difficult. What do I do in those moments? I mean, do I be still or do I move on? I don't know what kind of impossible situation you're facing today, but I know that all of us face impossible situations from time to time. Maybe for some of you, it has to do with your relationships, uh, your relationship with your children or your relationship with your parents or your relationship with your spouse or with your friends or your colleagues. It's, it's, it's tense. It's fractured maybe. Even uh, uh, there's, a, there's a remoteness there. There's a difficulty there. Maybe over the course of this whole year where we've been in lockdown and isolated from one another and then with all the political upheaval we've experienced maybe for some of you there's a distancing of relationships and you can feel that they're tearing apart and you don't know what to do do I just wait on the Lord do I just let the Lord work this out and I just stand back and let him do his thing or do I need to take action do I need to move forward do I need to make a move and start having conversations which 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 one is it is this a be still moment or is this a move on moment for some of you, it has to do with your career or your finances or your, your, your schooling. You, 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 just, you just don't know. Am I supposed to be moving forward into something? Am I supposed to be moving on to something? Or am I supposed to be waiting to hear from the Lord? I, I just don't know if this is a be still moment or if this is a move on moment. When we meet the Israelites in Exodus chapter 14, they are in an impossible situation. They are in a moment in their experience where they have been freed from bondage. They have been liberated from the Egyptians. And now they are moving towards the promised land. And they have marched right up to the edge of the Dead Sea. But of course, those of you who know the story know that Pharaoh decided, you know, it's not such a good idea to let my tens of thousands of slaves go free. So he gets his chariots and his, and his warriors and they go out to grab the Israelites and to pull them back into bondage. The scripture says this in Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. It says, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. How many of you have had that experience where you got free of something and you thought you were free, you thought you were loose, you thought you were gone, you thought it was dead? And here it comes marching back comes marching back. Old habits, old patterns, old thoughts, old behaviors, old problems, old issues that you thought you had dealt with come marching back. And now the Israelites have their back to the sea and the, and the Egyptians coming toward them. They are in an impossible situation. If they be still, the outcome's not going to be good. If they move on, meaning fight or do something that takes some kind of action, the outcome is not going to be good. So they do what we would all do in this moment, verse 10 says, the second part of verse 10 says, they were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. Now that is a good and right response 
when you are in an impossible situation, when you're in a situation where you don't know what to do, you don't know whether to be still to move on, the best thing that you can possibly do in that moment is to cry out to God. God, what do you want me to do? Lord, I don't know what you want for me to do. I'm just opening my heart to you to receive your wisdom and your insight in that moment. So that that was the right thing to do. But then they did what we all do. They immediately took their eyes off of crying out to the Lord and they began to curse their circumstances. The very next verse says, after they cried out to the Lord, the next verse says, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? In other words, Moses, did you just bring us out here to destroy us? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? I don't know about you, but a lot of times when you're trying to free somebody or liberate somebody or draw somebody out of a bad situation, a lot of times they are more comfortable with the, with the comforts and the pleasure of their bondage than they are with the risks and the danger of their freedom. I, I don't know about you, but, but there have been so many times in my life, and I've experienced it, and people that I've tried to minister to, I've experienced it through them, where they would almost rather la- languish in the bondage that is enslaving them, then risk the danger of stepping out into freedom. And in this moment, the Israelites are saying, we wish you would have just left us back in bondage. We wish you would have kept us, allowed us to stay in the blissful ignorance of our own slavery and our own enslavement. We wish that we could have just remained comfortably numb with the bondage around us. But you brought us out into this danger, into this impossible situation. Moses responds to the people, answered the people, and he said, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Verse 14, he says, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. And then he says the words that we all want to hear in that moment. You need only to be Still, Moses says, look, here's what I want you to do. Just be still. Trust in the Lord. Lean not unto your own understanding. Trust in him and he will accomplish the things that he's trying to accomplish. You just need to put your faith in him. You just need to put your trust in him. He will fight your battle. It's a wonderful thing to say. It's a beautiful truth, right? But then in the very next verse, the scripture says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Wait a minute. Moses just said, all you need to do is be still and God's going to fight your battle. And then he goes to to the Lord and he cries out to the Lord. And the Lord says, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. He says this, tell them to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. So the question that I have when I'm reading this text is, well, wait, what is it? Which one is it, Lord? Am I supposed to be still or am I supposed to move on? In the early 80s, there was a, there was a punk band called The Clash. And they had a song that said, should I stay or should I go? If I stay, there will be trouble. And if I go, there will be double. So come on and let me know. You guys know this song. Should I cool it or should I blow, right? Should I stay or should I go? That's the question that the Israelites are asking. Is it this or is it that? 
Over the last couple of weeks, I've been car shopping for my, for my wife, Rebecca. She um, is done with the minivan. She's been driving a minivan long enough, and she is ready to retire the minivan. So I asked her a couple of weeks ago, I said, so are you looking for like are you looking for style? Are you looking for something that's like cool and sleek and sexy and got that cool, fresh vibe? Or are you looking for like substance? Are you looking for something that's reliable and efficient and is going to get the job done? So is it, is it style or, or is it substance? And you know what she said, right? She said, I want both. She said, I want to drive my kids around in safety and efficiency, and I want to look good doing it. I want both. I want style, and I want substance. God is saying to the Israelites in this moment, I want both. I want you to be still and stop freaking out and panicking, trusting that I have a good path for you, and I want you to take some steps that is going to lead you into the miracle that I have for you. I want you to be still and move on. Now, let me show you what this looks like for you and me. Let me show you what it looks like when we don't take the easy path of one or the other, but we accept God's path of both being still and moving on. Because the reality is a lot of us, a lot of us, and I'm going to include myself in this one, we're good at moving on. So we rank high on the moving on axis. We're, we're people that want to take action. We're people that are always ready to take a step. I'll take a risk. I'll make a move. But it's harder for us to be still, right? So when we move on without being still and knowing the Lord's work has got to do his work in us and around us, when we step out on our own actions, try to accomplish thing with our, things with our own power, with our own purpose, we end up in this quadrant and this quadrant is what I call self-sabotage. Sabotage, and you guys know this. Some of you know people like this, and some of you are people like this. You cannot stand inaction. You have to do something, even if the thing that you're doing is counterproductive. You cannot stand not doing anything. You're like a shark. You can't breathe unless you're moving. You've got to be doing something. So you're stepping out and doing things that may or may not help you, may or may not make the situation even worse, but you've got to be doing something. You're making moves. You're moving on, but you're not being still. I was, uh, I was invited um, by the, um, I guess it's the parent-teacher group at our school, um, my wife was involved in a group that was making pies for the holidays. And so I was invited to participate in this, um, this charity event where we make the pies. And then I wasn't officially invited, um, but my wife allowed me to participate. I had a day off and I said, you know, I, I can make pies. Like how hard are making pies? Pies are not hard to make. You put a little filling in a little thing and then you put it in the oven and you pull it out and it's done, right? I can do that. So Rebecca says, well, if you really want to make the pies, then okay, you can, you can be a part of making the pies. And I wanted to make the pies. I just, you know, I wanted to. I want to be a part. I want to, I want to, I want to do my part, okay? So I say, okay, I'll do the, she says, okay, here are the instructions. Here are the directions for the pie making. So just follow these instructions and they tell you everything you need to know. The butter and the egg and the filling and the, all, the whole thing. I said, I got this. She said, okay, just follow these directions, right? I said, I got this. She kind of lingered around. I said, you know what the word chef means? The word chef means chief. There can only be one chief in the kitchen. I need, I need everybody who's not a chief to clear the kitchen. I got this. So she left the kitchen. 
A few hours later, she came back. There were pies everywhere. I had made all these beautiful pies, pumpkin pies, beautiful pies. She's looking at them. She goes, and she's looking at the filling, the cans of filling. She goes, you didn't put, you didn't put this whole can into this batch. You didn't put the whole 60-ounce can into the batch when you made the pie, did you? I go, yeah. It said make a, use a can. It said, no, it said use a 30-ounce can for the filling. These are Sam's Club cans. These are 60-ounce cans. You did double filling in the pie. I said, listen, this is all for charity. Nobody's going to really be caring too much about, okay, right? She said, well, let's just taste one. Okay, I don't know if you've ever had baby food, pumpkin-flavored baby food. Anyway, the pies did not make the cut. The pies did not make it to the table. Let's just put it that way. The pies ended up where pies go when you put double filling in, right? Because here's the reality. I was ready to move on, but I wasn't ready to be still. When we, let me put it like this. When we pursue action without instruction, we end up exhausted, right? When we are taking steps and making moves and trying to get things done, we end up sabotaging our own efforts and exhausting ourselves in the process. We end up putting ourselves into situations where we're like a gerbil on a wheel. We're moving really fast, but we're not getting anywhere. This is where a lot of us find ourselves when we are in impossible situations. We are doubling down on activity and busyness and we're not getting anywhere. We're sabotaging ourselves and we're finding ourselves exhausted in the process. Some of you today are in impossible situations. You're in very, very difficult situations and you don't know what to do, but you know you got to do something. And so you're just spinning your wheels. You end up in relationship after relationship after relationship that is not healthy for you because you just want to be in a relationship. So you're not stopping and being still. You're making a move. You're trying to make things happen and they don't need to be happening. And in fact, they're actually counterproductive. They're making it worse. You're making moves on the job. You're making moves with your finances. You're doing all kinds of things, but they're not what God told you to do. You're, you're on the move, but you're not being still. When we end up in this quadrant, this is the quadrant that I call sabotage. Now, if we keep failing enough, if we keep sabotaging ourselves enough, if we keep blowing it enough, we end up over here in this quadrant. I call this quadrant slavery. Slavery is when we are neither being still and listening, listening to the voice of God, trusting in the voice of God, nor are we making any moves. We're over here. We're not making any moves and we're not listening to the voice of God. We're not being still. This quadrant is slavery. This is where the children of Israel found themselves. This is why they said, just take us back to bondage. Just, we, we don't want to hear from the Lord. And we don't want to do anything to help us out of our situation. We would just rather experience the comfort of being bound than the risk of being free. This is where a lot of us find ourselves at different times in our life when, when psychologists actually call it learned helplessness. When we have failed repeatedly and then we reach a point where we just think, even if we could succeed, we won't try. Even if there is a way out, we won't take it. We learn helplessness. We find ourselves locked into situations where we no longer will seek good counsel and we will no longer take action. Several years ago, I was counseling someone, working with someone who had lost their job. And he had a lot of his identity wrapped up in his work. Um, 
lost his job. This is a very high-functioning person, high-capacity person. Lost his job. I tried to reach out to him. I tried to connect with him. But he just immediately started to, to nosedive. Pretty soon, he got himself in a mindset where he would not receive emotional uh, help, spiritual help, financial help. He even had job opportunities arise that he would not take. He ended up in a place of deep depression and despair. A lot of times when we, when we are not willing to be still and we're not willing to take steps, we find ourselves in a state of despair and a state of depression. We find ourselves trapped in this sense of helplessness. And even when the Lord is reaching out and saying, there's a path for you. There's a way. You can make some moves. I'm going to take you with me. Even when he is saying that, even when the way is clear, we don't have the belief. We don't have the confidence. We don't have the, 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 the wherewithal to even rise up and take a step. I want to reach out to those of you who are in that place today. You're the hardest to reach. You're the hardest to reach because you, you, <laughs> you struggle with even hearing what the Lord has to say to you. But I want to tell you, God has a path for you. God has a way for you. God can lead you out if you will just open your heart, open your life, open your mind, and be willing to receive the truth of God's word and the power of his spirit. That's quadrant number two. Quadrant number three is over here. Quadrant number three is when we are high on the being still, but we are low on the moving on. I call this quadrant stagnation. Stagnation. Stagnation is when you know what to do. It's not that you don't have God's word in your heart. It's not that you don't have the strength of God in your mind and in your life, but you're too afraid to take a step. You're too afraid to take a risk. You're too afraid to make a move. In the book of Judges, there's one of my all-time favorite characters, Gideon. And God could not be more explicit with Gideon. God comes to Gideon, if you remember the story, God, uh, God comes to Midian through an angel. Midian is in, uh, 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 Gideon is in a well. He's in like a, a, a wine press. And he is, um, he's, he's working the wheat in the wine press. He's hiding from the Midianites. He's living low. He's hunkered down. And the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, you are a mighty man of valor. The Lord is going to use you to defeat the Midianites. I mean, it's just really clear. It's, it's as loud as you could possibly, here's what you're going to do, right? And he says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to put men around you. I'm going to take you into battle. You are going, you're the one. You're the one that I've called to do this. So, the, so Gideon in this moment has all of the information that he needs. He has heard from the Lord. He has gotten the instruction. He has, he has received the word, but he will not move. In fact, we see this over and over again with Gideon. He says, look, I'll tell you, okay, Lord, I'll do it. But I just need some verification. So I'm going to put a fleece out of wool. And if, if, if in the morning um, the, the wool is wet and the ground is dry, then I will... I'll believe you and I'll, I'll take the step that you want me to take. Next morning, of course, that, that's, that's what happens. The, 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 the fleece is, 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 what is it, wet. The fleece is wet. The ground is dry. He says, okay, can we just do this one more time? But let's flip it around. Let me put the fleece back out. And if the fleece is dry and the ground is wet, then I'll do. So he keeps doing this over and over. And the Lord has to keep assuring him and finally saying, look, man, you're going to stagnate. 
Because I'm giving you all the strength and all of the information and all of the wisdom that you could possibly want. I'm telling you what to do, but I need you to make a move. Some of you are in that position right now. You are, you are finding yourself knowing what you're supposed to do. You, already, you probably wrote it down in your journal at the beginning of the year. This year, I'm going to, take, I'm going to start reading the Bible. I'm going to join a church. I'm going to, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to plug in. I'm going to lead a life group. I'm going to, I'm going to work out. I'm going to, whatever yours is, right? You already know what to do. You have been still. You have received the instruction from the Lord. You have read his word and you know the steps that God is calling you to take. But you're just not quite ready to take them. And God is saying, look, this will lead to stagnation. I want you to take a step. I want you to be still. And I want you to move on. Now, Many of us have found ourselves here at times. We have found ourselves here at times. We have found ourselves here at times. But this is the quadrant that God is trying to take us. This is the quadrant where God is trying to take the Israelites. And I'm just going to simply title this success. Success. This is when... We are opening our hearts, opening our minds, receiving the wisdom of God, trusting in him, putting our confidence in him, putting our faith in him, not making moves on our own, but putting our trust in him. And we are taking the steps that he's calling us to take. We are willing to make the moves that he's calling us to make. This quadrant right here is, is success isn't even strong enough of a, world, of a word. This is when God can do the miraculous in your life. This is when God can say, look, I'm gonna part the Red Sea because you are being still, putting your faith in me, and then you are doing what I've called you to do. You are walking in faith like I've called you to walk. As I sat with my mother this last week, and she's kind of considering all of her options. My sisters and I sat with her and we talked over the whole week about what she wants to do. And what I found to be so fascinating is this is the way she put it to me. She says, I'm going to fight and I'm gonna put this in God's hands. In other words, I'm gonna be still and I'm going to move on. I'm going to fight. And I'm going to put this in God's hands. And I watched her put this program into place immediately in her heart and in her mind and in her life. Within a day or two after the diagnosis, I came into her room. She was on the phone with her nurse. The nurse was organizing some, some times for her to, to go and get treatment. And I watched her say to the nurse, hey, listen, I heard about um, your father. The nurse's father had passed away from COVID. And I can hear the nurse on the, on the speaker. And the nurse kind of paused and she said, yes. My mom says, can I pray for you? And the nurse just didn't know what to say. But she said, yes, please. So 
my mom starts praying for her nurse on the phone. The nurse breaks down and starts crying. My mom's crying. I'm crying. I actually got a little video clip of it. She, she's, she's being still and she's moving on. She's, she's putting her faith in God and she's saying, hey, I'm still going to do what God's called me to do. This is who I am. I, I do ministry. I serve people. She, uh, uh, the next day, I heard her pick up the phone. Another woman in, the con- in her congregation, uh, her daughter was in hospice care with cancer. And my mom spent 45 minutes counseling and praying for this woman over the phone while she's got her own cancer diagnosis. This is, this is the beauty of being a follower of Jesus. You can trust in God and say, God, I'm just gonna put my faith in you. I'm gonna put my, I don't know what outcome you have. I just trust whatever it is. And I'm gonna take whatever steps you want me to take. I'm gonna move into the things that you're calling me to move into. And if you wanna change my direction, if you wanna change my course, I'm gonna open my heart, my mind, my body to you. And I'm gonna allow you to lead me and guide me wherever you want me to go. Father, I am going to be still and I am going to move on. And when you do that, that opens the door for God to do the miraculous in your life. Verse 21, 22 says this. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind. And he turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. What do you do in an impossible situation? You be still, you move on, and you let God do the miraculous. Some of you today, you haven't, you haven't taken the steps that God has called you into taking. You haven't made the moves that God is calling you to make. Or you've been frantically making dozens of moves that God didn't call you to make. And today God is saying, I want you to just take a moment. I want you to just be still. And then I want you to move on. I want to invite you, if that's you, if you are not a follower of Jesus, you came across this broadcast on your YouTube feed or on your Facebook feed, and you have no idea what in the world is going on. We've had some really colorful comments in the chat (laughs) from people who have discovered us online. Um, We welcome you. Uh, We might have to delete some of your comments, but we're glad you're there. If that's you today, if you have not made a commitment to follow Jesus, I want to invite you to do that. Fill out the connection card. Come to our website, onefamilychurch.com slash Jesus. Take a step to follow him today. Maybe you are a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're a member of the church and God is calling you to something deeper. Today, we're offering life group leader training. Today, right after service at 1045. There's a Zoom link. It's right here in the chat. It's right here in the description. I want to invite you to take that step today. Just take one more step. Be still and move on. Open God's, open your heart to God's word and take the step that he's calling you to take. That's at 1045. Pastor Mark Seagraves is going to lead that session. He's going to train you how to lead others out of bondage, out of slavery, into the freedom that God has for us. I also want to invite you today as we close to partner with us, partner with One Family Church as we spread the gospel, as we move towards liberating and, and delivering people by the power of the gospel through the power of Jesus across our city and across our world. Partner with us. You can partner with us by giving. 
Uh, there's a link here, onefamilychurch.com slash give, or you can do it. Uh, there's a link on the chat. I just invite you to come and be a part of what God is doing here at One Family Church. And the final way that I want to invite you to take a step today is to run into your kitchen, grab some juice, grab uh, some bread, and join me and join all of us as we partake in the bread and the cup, remembering the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. The scripture says that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he broke bread and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body that's broken for you. And then he poured out the cup and he said, drink. This is the blood of my covenant that's being poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When Jesus was faced with an impossible situation, he opened his heart to the Father and he said, not my will, but thine be done. I'm gonna be still. I'm gonna let you be God. And when the Father called him to take up that cross, he picked up that cross and he went to Calvary. The impossible situation. But we know that he went into death. He went into the grave, but he rose again. I pray today that you would be still and move in move on into the freedom, into the deliverance, into the hope, into the promise that God has for you. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.